morning and welcome to the second part of our topic purpose beyond restraints and restrictions particular greetings to families that are watching together friends and especially the little ones that are watching with your parents i want you to know that we love you and jesus loves you and thank you for taking time to listen to the word of god i will commend those parents that I have taken time as well to expose their kids to the Word of God. Kids, just ask your parents after every preaching about what you don't understand. And so today as we continue, I want us to take a moment to, to, to pray for ourselves. You know, in, 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 in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but then he says take heart be courageous you know be strengthened in me i have overcome the world so i want us to pray for strength and courage in the face of fear i imagine a lot of people are facing fear fear of loss loss of income loss of loved ones loss of freedoms Others are facing fear of opposition. We find ourselves dealing with all kinds of debates and suddenly we, we are thrust in, a, in situations where we have to debate end times and, and argue with people and oppose, uh, oppose and have to work through such opposition. And some of us are not comfortable with those things when our convictions are vigorously opposed and debated but we need to be able to answer for our faith even when others think it's a futile faith we have and others have are facing the fear of death death of loved ones death of you know um, family members friends even yourself you know amidst sickness and disease but Many of us are also faced with the reality of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. What we know is that God will work it out. And so we want to continue and trust him and have courage to continue in the midst of everything. And others are facing sin. Sin sometimes can, can paralyze us. We don't know how to go to God, you know, when we are in in sin but the, the, there's courage in the blood of Jesus Christ that we can go to God and, 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 and approach his throne of grace and mercy with confidence so let's just pray for courage confidence and strength want to join with me and pray Heavenly Father we thank you that in the midst of all these things you are our shepherd who guides us through the shadow of death Lord through uncertainty because when you already know the future from the past everything is set before you nothing takes you by surprise therefore even as we hear your word may courage enter our hearts may we be strengthened in our hope and in our faith and our faith may it overcome what the world throws at us we pray for the young ones lord that they will find strength in the faith of their parents, Lord, who have called upon the name of the Lord. As we call on your name, strengthen business people, strengthen marriages, strengthen the youth, strengthen 
the little children, strengthen the leaders of the country, Lord. We thank you that in the face even of this pandemic, there is courage that can be found in you because you have overcome the world. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we spoke, we touched on the life of Paul, a man of faith, a man of purpose. Despite the opposition, despite the confinement he found himself in, we also looked at Joseph, what a typical man of courage, a man who kept purpose despite the, 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 the circumstances he found himself in. And we gave a sim simple definitions of the words we are using in this topic. We chose the simplistic approach. We said purpose is what you are meant to be and to do internal and external conditions that hold you back from doing and being that which you are God intends for you. These may be self-imposed or beyond your personal control. We also said restrictions are legal rules regulating your freedoms. Some of the, the statements that we made are intended to make you think and practicalize. Uh, don't just philosophize. Look at your reality and say, am I living purposefully if I think in a set way? You know? And so I want to throw some of those again this week just for you to think, am I living necessarily purposeful if these things are going right or if they are going wrong? So a few statements I want to make to add to the ones we made last week is that purpose does not depend on an employment but can lead to employment. So the fact that you are not employed does not mean you cannot be purposeful. And that understanding is very important because for instance in our country and in many countries most people think they need a job. They don't think that they need to work as volunteers to do something for them to express their sense of purpose. So be aware that to be employed, as we had already said, you don't need to be remunerated to live purposefully. Does not mean you, you are living purposefully if you are employed. So don't seek employment, seek what you can do to actualize yourself in God and to help others. And we also want to say, it, purpose does not depend on education, but needs and leads to knowledge. Knowledge is necessary, but to it's not necessary to go to uh, advanced learnings, you know. Yes, if, if within your purpose, you need education is good. Education helps us to achieve things with much greater ease. But God's purpose are not dependent on education. So with purpose, we know what to do. With education, we may still have to find out what to do. Hence, other people find purposes later and leave what they studied to do. Life has proven and will continue to prove that it justly, abundantly rewards the brave and competent, not always the certified. Purposeful people find pleasure in self-development and the success they produce in others. Purpose is fulfilled in the lives of those in whom God finds what he's looking for. So if God say, for instance, in the Old Testament, God says he's looking for an intercessor. 
And so if in purpose, God is looking for an, an intercessor, in, in, in John chapter 4, he says he's looking for true worshippers. So God will be looking for different people in different seasons for different things. And so those who will prove to be purposeful will be those in whom God will find what he's looking for. So ask yourself, what is God looking for in this season? And when you find that, you might find your purpose in it. Today, I want to zoom into the life of another man who lived a purposeful life. His name is Daniel. In the context of Babylon and in the context of what was to happen, as we read in the past, Habakkuk prophesied that God says, I will send the Babylonians who will take you into captivity. Here's a young man, Daniel. Daniel's name means God is my judge or God is judge. It is a prophetic name if you think about it, that God will judge on my behalf. But to, let's personalize it. God is my judge. In other words, God will even look into what I do and what I, why I do it. And he will justly reward me for that. So we want to look at the prophecy that is found in the book of Isaiah 39, verse 5 to 7. So we're reading from Isaiah 39, verse 5 to 7. Here's another prophecy that was given to Hezekiah. After Hezekiah had, had, had shown the Babylonians, all the stuff that was in his kingdom. He, he, he was operating at that level in the, the pride of life. And Isaiah comes to him and he tells him, your children will go into Babylon as slaves. Here we go. It reads, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So here's what He's told that your, 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 your children will be enslaved in Babylon. And if you go and read what Hezekiah says, it is disheartening. The Bible says, he, he, he says to, to Isaiah, the way that you have spoken is good. Because he deemed that, well, it won't happen in my time. So what do we learn from Daniel? Daniel, for instance... We already know that he's in exile and he also has certain confinement. But remember, what we want to extract, the lessons we want to extract, is how he kept a purposeful outlook to life, how he lived his purpose despite the restrictions that surrounded him. And so what I've decided we are going to do this week um, is... I'm going to read through 
share through the the, 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 the the few points, the few things we can learn about his life. And thereafter, I want us to read the word of God as, as it unfolds what happened. And I want to encourage you, when we do that, write your own notes. Think about the life of Daniel. Go back and read his life and extract aspects of purpose, aspects of destiny, extract ideas that you can practicalize for yourself to say, if I do this, it means I can come out of the lockdown a better person. I can live my life wherever I am. As I said last week, we are all in different confinements. Others are really imprisoned. They are in jail. Others are in foreign countries. Others live under the conditions of lockdown. We find ourselves with different contexts, but the lessons and the principles are applicable to all of us. So kind of glean out, separate the precepts and the principles, you know, think about what are the things that I should not be doing now as precepts. What are the don'ts that I, I should not engage in? These are the things that will affect my destiny. So extract those and put them on the side. On the other hand, put the principles, the do's of what will take you there where God wants you to be that will make you the person that God is looking for. So with Daniel, there's few things that we have extracted. I never think that you can comprehensively extract values out of a person's life. But in, the, in this context, we just want to take what relates to ensuring that purpose is lived out. So let me highlight those. Number one, we find that Daniel did not want to be defiled. He wanted to keep his purity as his convictions about purity before God. He did not want that defiled. And, and it is the same thing that we, we learned about Joseph last week. Daniel was a faithful man of prayer. He prayed Daniel valued prayer. Sometimes I wish I was as prayerful. You know, he, he not only prayed on regular times, three times a day, but he prayed earnestly and fervent and sometimes some of us including myself we are just lazy in prayer daniel maintained a spiritual routine despite his civil responsibilities he worked for the government but he never used his job as an excuse for having no spiritual lives he maintained the devotional disciplines despite those responsibilities most of us hardly pray because we hold particular jobs. But here's the man who was the third ranking leader in Babylon, but he still had time to pray. And so we also want to look at the fact that he did not allow the external restrictions to apply to his personal devotion to God, as we said when other things stagnate, don't allow your relationship with Jesus to stagnate. 
He esteemed the collective power of prayer and input. When stuff happened, he went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, Guys, let's pray together. Let's ask God. Many of us have forsaken not only the fellowship with the brethren, but we have underestimated even when the lockdown was there. You hardly at intercession. You hardly attend corporate prayers. You, had, you don't even have prayer partners. But Daniel was not like that. He prayed individually, but he also solicited prayer support from his fellow believers. He inquired of the Lord about his situation. He didn't just look at what other people were looking at. He asked God and he asked others to ask God. He normalized the supernatural in his life. It is amazing for all the three kings that Daniel served under. Each one of them said, the spirit of the God is in you. You are a man of God. In the same way that Pharaoh said, the, the question we ended on last week, Pharaoh said, is there a man like this one in whom the spirit of God is in? So this man... I mean, even the queen mother, when Belshazzar was having a problem, the queen mother says, there's a man who, 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 who has normalized the supernatural. He, 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 he specializes in making God normal and the power of God normal. And, and that's another thing we need to aspire for to aspire to say, I want to see God working miraculously, mightily through me, for the word of God is not just eloquence of speech, but it's a demonstration of power. We are in a situation now that we're going to need the power of God to manifest. So let's take of, of prayer this time that we spoke about putting ourselves in the presence of God to seek his power, his will. His knowledge, the knowledge of his will, learn more his voice, learn his ways. Daniel was a man who interceded for his nation. He prayed for his nation. He didn't just pray for himself, he prayed for his nation. He, he, he interceded and repented for his nation. He acknowledged that his nation had sinned against That I've been thinking about is when we look at South Africa, it's not a far-fetched understanding of how wicked our country has gone in so many areas of leadership. The stuff that has happened over the past years, I don't want to get into the details that we all know, but many of us look at our leaders and we just point fingers, point fingers, point fingers, but we have a, a, a position to play, to stand in the gap and, and not say that one did this, that politician did this, to say, God, we as a nation have sinned against you. We as a nation have brought a lot of calamities, not even Corona. I mean, the stuff that is economically happening in our country is morally happening, the domestic violence, the stuff, atrocious stuff boils down to an unrepentant people but 
it is those who are called by his name when we come together and not say have a sense of self-righteousness but we we put ourselves in the shoes of who we really are we are south africans we are africans so we say we as a nation we as a continent father we have sinned against you and daniel looked for answers in the word of god you know he says i discovered in the writings of jeremiah it didn't a lot of us look at tv and tv has all kinds of truth mixed with lies propaganda people you know advancing their own agendas but I'm sure even in these days there were voices that were speaking, voices that claimed to be the voices of truth, the voices of faith. But these are not always the voices of God's truth. What we see on TV is not always God's truth. It may be man's truth, and most of the time is also lie. So let's seek for the truth in God's word. Daniel believed and prayed through the promises of God. You know? And I want to highlight this. Daniel became an asset to his nation and the foreign government he served. He, he was an asset for Israel in, in captivity. But he was also an asset, a blessing to the kings. I mean... That guy, Nebuchadnezzar, when he spoke about Daniel, he says, wow, I decree. You know? Belshazzar comes, I decree. Darius comes, I decree. What are they decreeing? There is no God like the God of Daniel. I decree that in my, 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 my kingdom, nobody else should serve other gods than the, this man's God. And these guys, despite serving foreign kings and in some cases wicked kings, they served faithfully. And that's part of the attitude we need to embrace. Even as we serve in our country, we may serve with unrighteous people sometimes in the departments that we serve in at work. But let us not give people an excuse to say, he says, she says she's a Christian, but look at how lazy they are. They are gossips. They, 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 they mismanage finances. Let us bring a, a godly testimony. Let those who don't know God say, that person has God. That person has virtues that I don't have. And I want to encourage you that even as you learn, as I learn to, about purpose, we are able to say this is a divine thing it's not about me and therefore i will strive to be the best i can be in the context i find myself in i will represent god as best as i can and i will not allow the flesh i will not allow opposition i will not allow trial and tribulation to undermine my purpose, to undermine my destiny in God. I will purposefully live and ensure that God is not only enthroned in my life, but God is actually seen to be who he is.
So I want us to, 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 to go down and read what this man, Daniel, did. Let's read about his life. So as I said, as I read, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. As I read, take your notes, I'm just highlighting uh, verses that relate to the points I've already uh, mentioned. So as I read through them, I will not re-preach what I've said. Encourage you to note certain things for yourself. So we're starting in Daniel chapter 1. We're reading from verse 6 to 9. And it reads thus. It says, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat this unacceptable food. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. So just the, be aware that they were, they, were, they were even deprived of their, their, if you go and study their names, you'll find that their names are prophetic. But their prophetic names were taken from them. The fact that even the idea of their identity was stripped off because they were given a foreigner's name. You know, they, they say Daniel was given a name after the Babylonians got Belteshazzar. But these men resolve, we shall not be defiled. In Daniel chapter 5, we, we read there, okay, let's start from chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 14 to verse 18, it says, When Ariok, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, they, he came to kill them because the, 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 the astrologers and the, 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 the magicians could not interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, I want you to tell me my dream, what I dreamt, and give me the interpretation. And they couldn't. So he, 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 he made a decree that all the wise men should be killed. So here we read that as Ariok was going to kill Daniel and others, it says Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Ariok, why has the king issued such a, such a harsh decree? So Ariok told him all that had happened. Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream, the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men. So, so there's always a need for the collective prayer. 
the corporate prayer as we see God's answers. So purposeful people are not just sitting there and thinking, I will pray. They're seeking counsel from other godly people. Daniel chapter 5, verse 13 to 14 says, So Daniel was brought before the king. The king asked him, Are you, Daniel, one of the exiles brought from Judah by my predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar? I have heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you and that you are filled with insight, understanding, and wisdom. So this is after uh, Belshazzar saw the, the, the writing on the wall, many, many, taken upar sin. You have been weighed, you have been found weighty, uh, weigh, you, 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 you are found light. As someone says, you, you are lightweight and your kingdom shall be a, a, a dispersed amongst the, the, the Medes and the, and the Persians. And so Belshazzar calls Daniel and says, I have heard about you. And this is something that you and I have to aspire for. That people somewhere, having been touched by our lives, someone can be saying, you know, I, I would not be what I am had it not been because of John, because of Tembi, because of Temba. And, and, and they can say, that person has left such a mark in my life. So there was a testimony that uh, went ahead of him, of his purposeful life, of his impact. Remember, he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. Belshazzar sees what is happening. Belshazzar does not even seem to know him. He hears from the queen mother that there's such a maid. Hence he says, I have heard about you. What have people heard about you and me? Let's go to Daniel chapter 6 we're reading verses 10 to 11 then we jump to 13 and then we jump to 16 and then from there we'll read 18 to 23 chapter 6 10 to 11 verse 13 verse 16 and verses 18 to 23 so i'm just gonna read through it says but when daniel learned that the law had been signed this is now after the, the, the core workers had conspired to get him thrown into the den of lions by saying Darius must write a law that in the next 30 days no one must pray to any other person divine or human except to the king and the king wrote that decree. So that when Daniel learned that the law had been signed he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking God for help. You see, he was asking God for help. But you see, in this crisis, one critical thing that it, was, it says he prayed giving thanks. He had not even, you know, sought help but he was already thankful to god as the bible says be watchful in prayer and be thankful and sometimes our sense of desperation makes us lose gratitude for what god has done so even as we pray purposefully seeking god let's purpose again in our hearts to be thankful to god for what 
he has done. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking God for help. Then they told the king, That man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to God, to his God, three times a day. In other words, he maintains his spiritual disciplines and routine. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, I love what the king said because the king knew this man. Remember, the king is essential, is his employer. Daniel had good reputation with his employer and good reputation with people outside. He says, may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you, whom you serve so faithfully. Then the king returned to his palace. He spent the night fasting. So when you read this, oftentimes we, we, we skim through what the king did. This king had in his heart that this man is an asset to me personally to, to, to the business of my kingdom and to my nation. The king, you, you know, when, when, when Jesus was to be crucified, the Bible says uh, uh, Pilate's wife could not sleep. She had terrible dreams that she told Pilate they were troubled. This man was not only troubled, but this man as a king, he went to pray and fast for the child of God. He lost sleep over Daniel because Daniel was a man of purpose. And the king knew that his kingdom, their breakthrough is attached to the purposes of God upon this man's life. So it says the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. Purpose is divine. It doesn't matter what other people's opinions are. We need to continually live purposefully before the audience of one. Joseph said it too. How can I do this in the sight of my God? If we are found innocent by people's opinions and people's court, but guilty by God's court, what shall it profit us? What shall it profit a man to receive commendation from human beings and receive condemnation from God? He says, And I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered. I love this. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he has trusted in his God. For he has trusted in his God. If 
God does not build. If God does not construct, if God does, is not the source, if God does not make us, Jesus says, I will make you fishers. Just follow me. If God is not in what we do, we are purposeless. If God is not working through us, we are meaningless in our endeavors. So let's trust God to see us through. Let's stop doing what other people call imizamo. Let's not do the zamazama with God. Let's go to God and trust Him. The last portion of scripture I want to read is in Daniel chapter 9. It's a longer one. I'll, I'll try to read it. And here's where I want you to take your own note about his intercessory life, the content of his prayer as he prays to God, and the fact that he was already answered, but Daniel did not give up in prayer. I think sometimes I'm, I'm just not as resilient in prayer as I should be. And I imagine most of us are. But Daniel was a different man. It says in Daniel chapter 9 from verse 1 to 20. And I'll read verse 24 after that. It says, It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from the reading of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet. You see, he found solutions he found the revelation he didn't listen to the speculations you know next week we'll talk about this but there's all these speculative theologies about end times and so on and so forth but let's find from the word of god not from what people are trying to fill our heads with so daniel says i found from the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. So he also like Joseph was a man of devotional disciplines. I also wore rough bellep and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Oh Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. You are God keeping, uh, you are a God, uh, a covenant keeping God. He says, You God, you can be trusted to, to, to come through for those who obey your commandments. says, but we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are right. You are in the right. But as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is true of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel scattered near and far wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty, O Lord. We and our kings and princes, 
and ancestors are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. But the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not allowed the instructions he gave us through his servants, the, the, the prophets. We have not followed them. All Israel has disobeyed your instruction and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. So now, the solemn curses and judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured down on us because of our sin. You have kept your word and done to us and our rulers exactly as you want. Never has there been such a disaster as happened in Jerusalem. I want to, to pause the reading and just say to us, what Daniel is saying is what we are facing now. We are covered with shame. We are covered with a sense of despondence. Those who thought themselves wise are proved globally foolish. The kings of this world, the presidents, the leaders, people who have kicked God out of schools, out of uh, constitutions, people that have sought to be liberal, are now saying, let's pray, let's pray. What is, is, is the verdict? The verdict is simple. Remember your God whilst he can be found. Go back to God. That's the duty of man. Trust God. Stop taking God out of your affairs. Do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. So going back, whether this is beyond lockdown or whatever, I wonder, I, 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 I'm imagining, a lot of us are waiting to see, will the nations of the world recognize God and serve him for who he is? Or they will wait for another calamity to bring them to their knees. It says, every case written against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek the mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore the Lord has brought us upon us this disaster he prepared. Do all these things, for we did not obey him. Our, our, oh Lord, our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. But we have sinned and are full of wickedness. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from us, from South Africa, from Africa, from the nations of the world, from Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea, Lord, not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, 
Do not delay, O oh my God, for your people and your city bear your name. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision and to anoint the most holy place. You know, I don't know how many prophetic words we, we receive, we hear, are spoken over our country. We, South Africa, like many supposed breadbasket countries of, of, of Africa, Zimbabwe, DRC, these countries we are covered with shame because there has been wickedness over and over and over and over. So child of God, the destinies of our nations are tied to us as believers in those nations. Purposeful living in our time means standing in the gap for our nations. Let me conclude by reading this one. I had forgotten that I wanted to read it as well. In Daniel 10, verse 11 to 12. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. For I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven and I have come in answer to your prayer. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Lord, for you have strengthened me. So I want to repeat these words of the angel. To every child of God, you are precious to God. And God relies on us. Obviously, God does not need us, but he relies on us to pray for our nations to live purposefully so that his purposes can come to pass. And the Bible says, when we pray, it doesn't matter, we can start now. It says, when we pray, we are answered already because he said, before they speak, I will answer. When they pray, I will listen. And, 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 and because we are precious before God, let's, let's not allow sin to weaken our resolve to pray. Let's not allow circumstances. Let's purposefully stand. Let's be like Daniel. Go back to those points that we raised about Daniel. These words in your heart. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. Live purposefully. Amen. Let me pray for us. Let me remind again you who wants to know the peace of God, the strength of God, and the courage of God where you are sitting now.
Just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you in my heart as I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. By my own choice, without any question from anyone, I receive you as Lord and Savior. I'm praying for us. Praying that peace will guard our heart. Father, I thank you for your peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. May it guard the hearts of those that are listening. May it guard the hearts of the believers, the church of God. May we be strengthened to be courageous, to stand in the gap for our country, for our president, for his cabinet, for the ministers, Lord. South Africa is facing shame, but there is the restorative power of God available when the people of God who are called by his name humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and pray. Father, this is not a time for us to say, I have not done anything. This is a time for us to say, we have sinned. As a nation, we have sinned, Lord. We have engaged in idolatrous, in wicked ways that have brought us calamity. What we see in the world, maybe others will recover sooner, but we pray, Lord that we will recover economically, we will recover morally, we will recover academically in every aspect that makes us the great nation that we are as South Africans. And I pray, Lord, for the whole of Africa, that you will reorganize our sense of purpose and destiny as believers in Africa, that we will stand, live purposefully, for ourselves, for our children, for our countries, for the nations of the world, Lord, that the glory may cover every area where we are found, and it may be said of us, these are the people in whom the Spirit of God dwells. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are grateful for the visible and invisible blessings and the future and the hope that we have in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.